Welcome to the Music Talk podcast with me, Graham Farmer. In this series of conversations, I interview some of the biggest artists, DJs, and producers in the world. I hope you enjoy this series. Let's get into it. Hey, hey, gang. Welcome to Wednesday Stream. We have got an exciting one today as we've got a double header of guests coming in. Firstly, we have Grammy-nominated producer, DJ producer Todd Terry. He has been engulfed with dance music until he first started his European dance music records while growing up in Brooklyn. In the midnight is the Ministry of Sound's Epitus label, UK label, had a day in the life, a total collection of tracks that have been causing dance floor panic. That led into a deal with Mercury Records allowing him to set up context in which he could get his favourite singers and performers. The first release, Keep On Jumping, features a vocal workout from Super Divas Martha Walsh and Jocelyn Brown together for the first time. That song became a top 10 crossover worldwide smash. Secondly, my second big guest is my good friend, Mr. Steve Mack. He's an English house music producer and DJ who's a half of was half of the River Masters and also had a few other aliases who include these machines and also under his own name. Uh, and it's as really masters that when I first learned about Steve, he, he remixed the Keep On Jumping record originally, which which is one of my all-time favourite records uh, and all-time favourite remixes. And then we became friends with Steve whilst I was at Turnmills and, and Rhythm Masters have been a part of Data Transmission's Celebrate Your Birthday celebrations through the 8th, 9th, 10th birthday and now we're on our 15th. I'm so excited when I got the, the new re- his, Steve's new remix of Keep On Jumping and that we can do this great conversation. Um, flash forward year quarter of the year Todd's Freeze Records released the mighty mashup of Todd's classics Jump In and Keep On Jumping courtesy of Steve Mack who has been and this has been tearing up the dance floor as a secret weapon so we're going to get Steve in <laughs> Todd's on his way and we'll start with Steve um, Hello, mate. and when Steve gets in here let's just welcome Steve in hey how you doing <laughs> how are you yeah yeah really good man good to see you it's good to see you too, dude. It's so good to see you. What's happening? Um, welcome to my Twitch, and how are you? Like, welcome, to, welcome in. Wait, yeah, yeah. I, I had this great, pl- I had this great plan of a stream where we kind of talk about the original records, and then and then how you got involved with the original records, and then and kind of goes Todd, then you, then Todd, then you, and we'll work that bit out with Todd in a bit, and we'll understand his end. So, but let's yeah. let's start with you. Um, okay. So Todd's that the Keep On Jumping record came out, and then you got involved with that remix. How did that happen? Yeah. Um, I f- how did that happen originally? So that this is this is going way back to ninety six. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Dig, so dig in those, dig in. <laughs> long time ago. Um, yeah. How it originally happened was it was a bit of a naughty one actually because we we did a version of it and we um, because it was all vinyl in them days so we bootlegged it. <laughs> mm. Oh, really? and, yeah, and um, we got a call from uh, Judge Jules, and he went, he went. I really like that uh, mix you've done of um, Todd's jumping. He goes, but can you take it off the shelves because I've just signed it to Manifesto. But if you do that, we'll give you the the official remix. And we're like, okay. So they sent us all the all the vocal parts that have been redone, which like Martha and Jos- Jocelyn did, and. Um, mm-hmm spent many many days on that mix and it just it just absolutely blew up it, it ended up number seven in the pop charts which was unbelievable and it was just every single dj was playing it um wow a- absolutely insane um and it, it still it still gets played a lot now like 
Jamie Jones, Cole Cox. That you know, it's sort of like the the forefront of DJs are, are still playing it, and that's mm. kind of how they said it came about because I I did it quite a while ago, um, and all all I did was put it. I took it into my studio and, and just bo- boosted it for sort of modern times, just uh, sort of re EQ'd it a bit and. We, I've I've been uh, doing uh, some parties in Brighton with my friend Serge Santiago from Stomper Funk, and yeah. we every started these parties up, and we've we've become part of it with the Jack Said What label, and mm-hmm. so we we did we did uh, quite a few parties last year, um, just basically raves in pubs, um, like midday <laughs> to midnight, and you know a bit bit of. A, bit of an older crowd and but they're, they're just going absolutely nuts and i started playing that that uh version at these parties and everyone was just going mad to it mm. then I got, um i got um uh, an email off uh, mark broom and he went have you got that um he asked me for the R- rhythm masters version of the jumping i said actually i said i've got, I've got this other version um let, let me give you that and see what you think of this and he was uh, he was on the tour in the states at the time and he was he was just uh texting me going this this is going off it's crazy and he and because you know he's more of a techno dj he was playing it like 135 bpm <laughs> he he did a post um it was just, just like an instagram post and Everyone just went mad for it. And I started getting like loads of messages. Yo, can I have a copy of that? Can I have a copy? Can I have a copy? Like from mm. so many different DJs. And I sort of, I sort of calmed it down and thought, look, I'm, I'm not going to give this out. It's just too much. So mm. I called Todd and I went, do you know what? I should put it out. And he was, he was like, bloody hell again. Um, because <laughs> 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 well, it's you, maybe we could do one more round of, Mm. remix of this so we we put it out in january it happened very very quickly because this this was all going on just before christmas and Mm. literally about three weeks later it was it was out there so that's that's how it happens yeah okay so that's that's mental so you felt you bootlegged it and then it basically became this beast (laughs) great yeah yeah Um, yeah where where was because that where was that in your in your journey of being rhythm masters and you and making records and like where did where was that in that part of this was it early on or um was, i think it was it was a couple of years in we 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 started putting the records out in 94 and we we were put we were putting a lot of music out there but that mm. that was one that took it over the line and blew, and blew us up and then then of course after that because it because it went top 10 all, all the major record companies came in and they were just offering us everything you know we, we, we and we were we were sort of remixing everything putting out lots of um singles as well um mm-hmm. different labels junior boys own and then we started our own dysfunctional label which um yeah. we, we were getting props for well it was like from van held and uh sneak roger sanchez staff punk and all, all, all them boys and and we put some records out on Roger's label, Narcotic at the time, and you know it—it it just blew up from that, that record. Yeah, that's a, the, the power of records back then, man. That's that's that was. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's kind of different now. It's it's I think it's a, it's a lot tougher to break through these days for like the mm. the next generation coming through. Um, mm. You need you know you need a lot of luck on your side now. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, I can, I've said that about records. The record's yeah. cool. The promotion's looking strong. Yeah, yeah. What what luck are we going to get? What luck are we going to get with this? And what what what's just going to ride in our favour a little bit? Something. Yeah, I see. I see like a success story. You probably see like um like last year the LF System Boys with that record. I mean, mm. it ends up at number one for was it eight weeks or something? Yeah, um, mental. You know, that's there's a little bit of luck there, but they them boys got a big career out of that now. You know? Yeah, exactly. And that, I did a whole. I did a whole video. They, they had some great records before that. I, was, I actually dug into it because some of my students was like, they just come out of nowhere. And we actually, I actually made a video on YouTube about and dug into where all the records they've been up, leading up to that record. And it was they've been making see, records that, for a long time. And it's like you go back in the history, it's mad. Yeah, see, that's that's the thing where it's sort of everyone misses and go, oh right, they've just blown up. They came out of nowhere, but they don't mm. realize ten years of work that was done before to get to that point. You exactly. Know. <laughs> exactly. I've seen it. I've seen it happen with a few of my friends, like, uh, like say rebuke, which that's Ruben Keeney. And yeah, I, I was putting his records out when he was 15 or 16 years old. Yeah. And he, he rebranded himself a couple of times and then 10 years down the road, he done the along came Polly record that went out on hot creations. Yeah. And look at him now, you know, he's, He's playing stadium gigs with all the. All the <laughs> it's, it's, it's lovely to watch, though, isn't it? When you when they when they do right. that, and like, I love watching that sort of stuff. We we hooked up in I think when he just blew up, we hooked up. We were at the Miami Music Conference. I think it was 2019, just before mm. you know the lockdown stuff, and um, we met we met up and gave him a big hug, and it was just you know just so happy for him. I, I love I love seeing them stories, and especially where you've been involved from a very sort of mm. early on. Um, gang in the chat, if you want to go super nerdy on the production questions with Steve, get them in. And all those I've mentioned his, his the, the his the synth in the background. Steve Steve's studio is called the Bunker, and it's and it's absolutely amazing. We did a live stream from your bunker, didn't we? One year, I think it was the ninth birthday. We did, yeah. And it, and it, and it was absolutely hilarious because it's a great space. It, it, it's a beautiful space. It wasn't so beautiful after that party, though. <laughs> no, there's lots of fancy dress lying around. <laughs> and yeah, a lot, a lot of beer cans and stuff. Lot, lots uh, of inflatables. <laughs> yeah, that, that was the last party that ever happened in here. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, no. Also, also, a new duo came out of that party as well, didn't it? Yes, it did. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is always funny. Yeah. Um, okay. So we're, we're still waiting. Apparently, Todd's on his way. Um, yeah. Sh- do you want to? Should we? Can we? We can play that original. Should we play that? We'll play a track, and then we'll just give it a bit of time. So this is the original remix, and then I'll, and then we'll jack Todd in. Hopefully, he might arrive between there. We can talk about that a bit, and then we'll play the, the new remix as well.
Let's get back in. Oh, I still love that record. I literally, I said earlier, it's one of the first pieces of vinyl I ever bought. And I like when I was buying vinyl back then, it was so fresh faced and so like, oh, this one looks good. This one's got a fun, this one's got a pretty cover. And and then I put it on and I was just like, this is rocking. And uh, and I know I've told you a few times, I've, like, oh, here he is. He's Todd. Ooh, ooh. But there's a great question in the chat, Steve. Did you have many synths back then or was you mainly using samplers? Samplers all the way. Um, and I think, yeah, I think that with that record there, that was done on a uh, S3000 and an Atari. So it's before um, audio, it was all MIDI. Since wow. we used to use like a JV1080, we had a Mini Moog, a yeah. Profit 5, uh, System 100, Roland. Uh, yeah, there was a, a few, a few synths. And uh, yeah, the the SP twelve hundred drum machine as well. And what? And so, so somebody asked, "What's your oldest synth you've got in that bunker?" I've got a Yamaha CS eighty, which is um, the ultimate. I've got an EMS Symphy as well, the suitcase one. You know the one that looks like it's got the battleships. Yeah, that's that's quite old. I've, I think it's about forty five years old. I've, um, <laughs> it's older than me. Okay. Yeah, I'm not, sure, I'm not sure how old the. I think yeah, I think, I think the CS80 is about 45 years old as well. Yeah, that's very cool. Very yeah, very yeah. cool. Uh, do you still use them? Yes, uh, I do. Um, they haven't been getting a lot of use recently because I've been doing a lot of mixing and finishing off uh, records that like I've started and you know because. When you're sort of making lots and lots of different stuff, you you sort of get sidetracked because you, you keep writing and then you're like, well, what about all these other ones? You need to finish them at some point. Mm. So, <laughs> but, yeah. So I've, I've literally um, just cleared the slate of uh, all my old stuff. So literally next week um, I'm going to start uh, writing some new stuff again. Re really looking forward to it, actually. Nice. Yes. Right, Todd's here. Let's get Todd in as well. Yes, we've got the full compliment. Hey, Ready. Todd. Hey. <laughs> How are That's you? Welcome to my Twitch stream. How you doing? <clears throat> I couldn't get this shit to work. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my God. Yeah, we're in there like now. Late and everything. I couldn't get it to work. How you doing? Uh, we just been, we just been, just to catch you up, we've just been playing the original record and the original remix that Steve did back in 1996. And I thought I thought for, to get you to get started. I thought we'd talk to you about how that original record came about, how you started that record. Because I guess for you that was uh, was that early on in your career as well. Like was that? I know you jumped. Did, and yeah, and also, I did this that. Um, yeah, I did that probably after I was doing. Um, let me see. It was in the. Uh, it was around the freeze days, and um, mm. I just was doing those EPs, the unreleased project, mm. and I, I just did a bunch of tracks. I really didn't put that one in yet, so that's why that came out on like number four or something. Like I was just saving that up because I knew that was like a a good begging track to play all the time. So yeah, I just bunch of tracks. Didn't notice it until I got done with it. You know, I think it was ninety three that one came out ninety three. Yeah. Ninety-three, shit the bed. Because I didn't, I didn't, because I didn't realize. So I was digging like this morning. I was digging into, but like I said to Steve earlier, I was digging into all the music and going back. And I, I didn't realize there was a jump in, and then there was. A, I didn't realize there's two separate records. And did one oh, come wow. first? And, the, and then I like I just, I literally because I, 
as I, I've known Steve for a, while, a long time, and I, I, I bought this record. It was one of the first pieces of vinyl I ever bought, and I'd just known this this record and and the and the re, and Steve's remix and kind of everything around that record. And then I started digging in this morning. And I was like, shit, there's a whole like whole other record that I didn't even know about, which I'm which I love this morning. It was, it was an amazing time at five a.m. this morning. Um, well, Steve's mix was uh, worldwide. Mine's was more like just underground, you know. So his mix went worldwide, like the whole yeah. world knew it. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's, that, well, that's, that's why a seven, fresh, a fresh yeah. face me knew it. <laughs> but then, but then I'm, I'm these projects, uh, EPs you've done, Todd, they were, they were actually so important for the time. And they were, they were mm. game changing, uh, DJ records. Um, because they mm. were straight up jacking grooves, um, simple but really effective and powerful. Um, they you still you play them records now, they still go off, you know. Well, I think you got up to yeah. about seven. There was about seven, wasn't there, unreleased projects? Yeah, up to like seven. Yeah, yeah. We we had yeah. some other ones that I was going to put out, but they're still in the back. You know, I'm still going to put them out one day. I just was I'm just <laughs> holding them for no reason. <laughs> just holding nice. them. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, something like that. Like it would be four like tracks and then one like kind of bonus beat, something like that. Nice. That was the concept. And then, yeah. and then, and then, this one obviously came out, and it's you had Martha Walsh and Justin Brown on the on the vocals. Was that the first time you'd worked with vocalists, or you, or was it kind of had you been doing it previously? Where where was that in the kind of timeline of everything that's going on with you? I, I worked with vocalists from the beginning. You know, mm. that was my whole thing. Is is I wanted to do songs. You know, I got into yeah. the track thing because it was just easier. You know. And that was why I got into tracks. I just was like, I didn't have to deal with the vocalists and the management of the vocalists and <laughs> waiting for them in the studio and stuff like that. So I just kind of like, you know what? I'm just going to make a track and I, I don't want to wait for nobody, you know? And I guess, I guess a question for like a question for both of you, like on my live streams on a Monday, we have demo, we have a demo session and on all my demo sessions, we have a thing called Basically, I don't. Even, I know where it started. I sort of said I like. I, I love kick drums. And whenever I listen to a track, whenever I'm choosing tracks for data transmission, it's always about kick drum. And I and I, I right. do a thing. I do a thing called this kick test, and, I, and I, that turned into basically someone sampled me saying that, and it turned into a record. And now on a demo stream on a Monday, we have the tracks have to pass this kick test. And both of you, holy crap, bring the thump when it comes to kicks. So. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought we'd get, get you both of you. Where? How do you get your kicks so good? And what are you doing to make that happen? And who wants to go first? It's only one answer for that, <laughs> isn't there? Go, Steve. Go, Steve. Yes, twelve hundred. Yeah. Is it really? Yeah. It, it, which it has, know, a, it has a mid-range knock to it. Yeah, it's got a really good knock to it. Yeah. Yeah. Are you both? Are you both using the same 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 sampler, same same drum machine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's either that drum machine or those sounds. Yeah. Yeah. Hit. You know, they kind of hit really hard. They do very hard. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Okay. So, there you go, gang. It's that simple. I really yeah. think. If you if you can find one now in good condition, and you know. If you've got small fortune to spend on one, <laughs> how are you doing it these days? Uh, are you still using? You're still using the same the same 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 machines, or are you have you gone differently? Or yeah, yeah I've I've actually my one, which is here I'll, I'll show you it. It's over here, and it's actually sort of turned on. Can you see it? 
<laughs> oh wow! <laughs> nice, nice, nice. I, I, actually, um, I actually had a guy recondition it, which I think it was about two years ago. So I had all the buttons changed on it because it was knackered, mm. and also, yeah. um, I got um, a, a USB drive put in instead of the floppy drive because. Nice. You know, still using floppy disks in this day and age. It's like, oh my god, if they worked as well, you know, it's not gonna work. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's so it's um, yeah. He didn't do a bloody good job though. So some of them are sticking, and so there's there's a oh, dude. Wow. Yeah, there's a dude here in the UK called Jazz Cat, and he 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 does MPCs and SP twelve hundreds and stuff. And I'm gonna send him. I've got an MPC 3000 here actually, and he just sent me a load of drives and a new screen for that. And but I'm going to send him the, the SP off and just recondition it, come back like new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I still use a lot. Good and it, if it's working, if it's working right, it's it, the process is still quick. You know, mm. Mm. I sort of sound so much easier than just using like uh, software stuff. Because you have to put, you know, so many plugins on it, and then it still don't sound quite right, and you're messing around for ages, and you just go to that, and it's done in five minutes. Do you know what I mean? That's cool. Yeah. Well, I, I I took all the sounds that I had on SP12, and I just put it in Logic. So yeah. I have the sounds. Yeah. I got the knock. I got everything. You know, I just really did a clone of all those sounds and samples and the ring and the snare and the uh, the smacky hi-hats I, I took all that stuff and i just i use in logic and i learned in logic how to manipulate it to swing like yeah SP it's, so yeah it was it's, always it's like it's, yeah it's a swing it's swing c but then it's uh another piece of swing that goes to 53 54 and that gives it this swing you know right. so it's like little technical thing yeah amazing okay yeah, gang in the chat, if you've, got, if you've got any questions for these guys, then drop, if you gang in the chat, if you've got questions, drop them in, get them in, because like Steve's battery might run out and Totty and it might die. <laughs> so just get them in early. Let's, we'll, we'll replan yeah, the whole thing. Mine's going to shut <laughs> off probably too. It's useless today. So let's jump forward. So 25 years later, we, this, re, this, this track gets re released. Todd. Steve sent you this his new remix. What? Where were you? What were your thoughts? What your? Yeah. How were you? Are you enjoying it? Like, yeah. Tell us about the. Tell yeah, us about yeah. The we, um, one. Well, actually, we had that remix out before. Mm, we did. And it did yeah. really well. Now it's out again. It is doing really well. It's <laughs> no it way. It won't stop. It won't stop. And and I boosted it a bit. That's all I did. And it was done. It was actually done seventeen years ago. <laughs> no way. <laughs> It was yeah because uh, Rob um, Rob from River Masters com- commented he went he went did you use that isotope stutter to do that I went it wasn't even invented when I done that <laughs> 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 it was just a lot a lot of editing and you know painstakingly editing yeah <laughs> funky so, though makes it funky should yeah, we listen yeah. to it should we should we play yeah. it yeah go for it let's man. play it let's play it let's play it.
There we go. Woohoo! Yep. Let's go to the record. I saw I saw well done. I saw well it. done. Yes, hey. I, I saw I saw a lovely comment. What was the comment? It said, uh, how does it make, make both of you feel to see it going off again for a new generation? Fucking great. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's it's crazy. Mad. That's what I was saying earlier. It's like, <laughs> like Jamie Jones, Coxie still drops it all the time. Um it's it's mad. I've heard it on on things, and I'm and I'm like, you can I I I know when it comes in. I'm like, no way, it's getting played again. Wicked. <laughs> Twenty five odd years longer. Yeah. So 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 Todd, these these young ups, upstarts, twenty five years ago, bootlegged your record, and uh, and ha, like, how how was that? Like, how was all of a sudden you get here? This these young upstarts have that, that have bootlegged your record, and it's do and it's and it's a banger. What, what was what happened then with you from your end? I, I just bootlegged them. It's all good. <laughs> I'm the one that makes all the money out of it anyway. So just, you know, bootleg each other. Go ahead. Whatever. <laughs> when did you then meet each other? Obviously, because you were in different different countries and internet and no phones and messaging back then. When did that kind of, when did you? It's winter. It's In... We nice. hung out in the studio. I know me and Mac hung out in the studio first. That's where we, yeah, hung, that was, we met that each was other. Yeah, years later, yeah. But we, we, yeah, we yeah. met around the pool, the Fontainebleau. Yeah. The original Winter Music Conference. Like, that was yeah. 1997. Yeah, that too. Yeah, you're right. We are actually with uh, Jocelyn as well because she was a friend of mine because she, she was living in London, where she lives in London. That's so. right. And she introduced us. <laughs> it's like fucking hell. This is the, the record was like out a year before. It's like yeah, it was just, it was just funny. And we drank great. a lot of cocktails around the yes, pool. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. You know, it's a great meeting. Own. Great meeting. Yeah, the best meetings. Best meetings. <laughs> ah, so so Steve, that's an early days of conference club. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Conference <laughs> was crazy back in the days. Oh, yeah, crazy. In them. You know, and it would, you know, the, the conference saying it would just, you know, there'd be people giving you records and stuff and records will break. Do you know what mm. I mean? And I remember, you know, I, I remember meeting Alan Brax there for the first time and he couldn't even speak English then. And he gave me a copy of that. Yeah. <laughs> he gave me a copy of that intro record and I, me- I remember getting home oh, and going through a pile of records in my studio. And mm, I, and yeah. Going, Jesus. And you know where you just keep playing and playing. It's the same with the Stardust record and uh, Moose T. Crazy, yeah, yeah. I yeah. Yep. So so many big big records used to come out of that um, conference. Where it's, yeah. it, it's a bit different now because it's sort of it's more like ultra music festival really now. Yeah, it's so no busy. fun. <laughs> it's no fun. <laughs> no, it's fun. It's fun for the the seventeen year olds and that I suppose. Yeah. yeah. It's the next generation. It's, it's, it's a different vibe now. Um, yeah. I, I had a good time last year anyway. <laughs> yeah. It comes and goes. Yeah. Yeah, it comes and goes. It's what it is. It's what it is. Cool. Okay. So let's talk some more music. Uh, Todd, 
You've got hectic releases, dude. You've got loads coming out. You just, and you've got, the, the, the thing I was looking through the release schedule is you've got a mix of like stuff with new people like Volcoda and and you've done some records with uh, Jan, is it Yannicka? She makes some great music. But then you're yeah, also doing Yannicka stuff with Heads. Great stuff. Heads like Mark and Mark Knight. Um, talk to me about releases. Like, yeah, tell us about, tell us about your collaborations. Well, do you think it's important to collaborate? Where are you, like, Yeah. Well, collaborations, the, I mean, the trick to collaborations is, you know, timing and setup and, you know, because <clears throat> like you say, I, like I said before, I ended up in a boy band. So, you know, so it's <laughs> two of us now and the managers and the lawyers. We're all a boy band singing yeah. on stage, you know, and we, we got to get it together. We got to we got to make it all work, you know, I, and it's 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 tougher that way. But it's exciting. You know, it's exciting mm. to do stuff with different people, you know, me, Steve, you know, Mark Knight, you know, Lokota, you know, Mecca, all that, you know, it's, it's, it's exciting. It just, you look at it and you gotta hear it. You gotta check it out, you know, bad or good, you're going to check it out. I must, that, I must guess that must both of both of you must bring kind of new, new, like, cause obviously you're working with some of these that are younger, much younger, and they're bringing new things, new processes, new ways of looking at stuff. I guess that must be, it keeps it fresh for you these 10, yeah. 20, 30 years into the, into the game. Keeps you current. It keeps you current. Yeah. Oh, we're going to have got to see one. Where's Steve? Not oh, making noise. Not... There he is. It's all right. I'm hey. He's, he's yeah, back you, in. You, Hi, Steve. Hi. You've got to keep it interesting as well to keep yourself interested. You know, mm. you you keep doing the same old thing. It just drives you around the bend in the end. You know, uh, I saw a lovely comment, Steve, while we were listening to the, uh, I just remember the, the comment I saw. Somebody said that, uh, that Mark Knight must have got must have got loads of inspiration from the uh, from the when we were playing the Ribbon Masters music right at the start there. Uh, uh, yeah, probably did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've known Mark a long time. Yeah. Okay, let's yeah. should we listen to some more music? Let's play another track. Go, holy moly, that can happen. I love that. That's sick. Big drums again. Holy crap. Thank you. Thank you so much. How did how did do you where do you start with making records? How did, how's your process for making records, Todd? Oh, I'm horrible. I'm all over the place. It could be a vocal, it could be a, a snare drum, it could be a loop when I'm in a cafe. I mean, like, I'm get that loop. You know, mm. so I'm always thinking music. I'd be in the bathroom taking a shit and I'll think of a beat. <laughs> it's annoying it. though sometimes because everything is just like it's it's all crazy, symmetrical, and like 
anything I'm doing is like I'm I'm thinking about a, a what can I do with that sound? Uh, the fire truck going by, like I got to do a fire truck record, you know, just bugging out. <laughs> nice. Nice. And then how are your collab? How are these collabs coming about? Are people re- reaching out to you and going, "Can we work? Are you are you finding these people?" Yeah, like- yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't. I barely reach out to somebody for the collab. It's more like they they reach out to me because it's like an old record they find and they want to redo it. You know, like certain people I'll reach out to, like Steve. I'll do a collab. Like that's mm-hmm. my type of collab. Some of these mm-hmm. other collabs more commercially induced. <laughs> Like they're gotcha. they're put together, and then my name comes up, and they like, oh, that'll be perfect. Let's put that, da, da. you know, they, it's, it comes up on the table, like in a gotcha. weird way. But it's is it is it organic all the time? Not all the time organic, but I make it organic, you know, because I learned from my my lessons what not to do. <laughs> That's cool. I learned. How about you, Steve? Where are you where are you starting records? Um. It's, it's usually usually with me with it. I always start with drums. Um, um, like I said, I, I still I still use I'm, I still quite I use a lot of analog gear still. Um, hmm. I, I, I sort of use my computer as a, a tape recorder, and I, I'm 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 a Logic user as well. Um, but I like coming down into this room and just messing around with all these machines and and just recording it all into a box. And then I've just got it in my, my laptop or whatever anyway, and then I can edit, create, and move it around mm-hmm. where I want. Um, you know, it's, it, it gives it, it just gives it my my sound as well. It's, I, f- I find it quite hard just working on a, like, a computer. You, do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But yeah, it's always usually the drums I start with. And like as far as sort of collaborations go, I've, I've, been, I've been working with quite a lot of people recently, and mostly friends. Obviously, where I've I've started this label with um, Carl Loban from DJ Mag and Irving Welsh, the author, and that that was <laughs> that's a that's mad a, collab. <laughs> yeah, well, I've actually uh, just scored where Train Train Spotting is becoming um, a West End musical, and I've just scored scored nice. it with with Irving. Irving Irving done a lot of the songwriting, um, and I I wrote all the music, and it's it's quite amazing actually because. But where where Irvin is an absolute genius writer anyway, mm. he was naturally a really good songwriter. So mm. we, we've been working together for a, a good six or seven years on other projects, and and this is how this like uh, train spotting thing come come about. Um, but that's um, that's coming out. That's going into the theatre next February uh, twenty four. It's all it's all been written. The script is finished. We did some rehearsals last year. Now we've got to record the album, and that's that's quite a big job because that's going to be a lot of uh, live instrumentation on it, like uh, strings, orchestras. Nice. It's all been scored as well now, so it's mm. all been written to sheet um, paper, which you know, mm. it's quite a yeah, it's it's quite a big job. So I've yeah, so I've I've just been like I was saying earlier, I've been finishing up all my old records just to get them out so my, my schedule is is done for this year so i've got nice. it's given me my year to work on this project and i've got a, a couple of other sort of um album projects that i'm i'm starting as well mm. um one which is a bit more instruments and the other one's a bit more synthesizer just, just to keep it interesting you know um and you know hopefully so 
someone said in the comments that they 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 imagine Steve goes down in the bunker and sits in his chair, spins round, and whichever synthesizer he sees first, that's where he starts making a record. Yeah, well, I'll just spin round, look at it all, and then go for a walk because it's too fun. Todd, Todd, how are you making record? How, are you using hardware as well? Still, are you or are you now computer? You mentioned you're you a logic. You're brought I'm, into I'm logic. I'm not lucky. You use hardware. <laughs> I do everything inside the computer, and I send it off to um, Bill Clatt to mix it. Hmm. I do nothing. <laughs> That's good. Brilliant. I, I'm the idea man now. I come up with the idea, you know. Yeah, that's good. I'm, yeah. I'm Arthur Baker now. I just, you're going to put this here, you're going to put that there, put yeah. this there, and it's going to be a hit, you know. So it's like, I, I see it now, you know. Uh, but um, I've yeah, I'm just logic. Summer, I've got a record coming out with Arthur in the summer. Um, yeah, yeah, Arthur's it, cool. Arthur's it's cool. something we've done a while ago. And, um, it was like, it was like, hey man, we're we gonna finish this, man. It's been sitting there for years. So I was like, okay, I've, I've done it. <laughs> I love Arthur cursing me out. Like, what the, what the fuck are you doing? Come on, let's get this shit done. Like, I love that. That's and that's it. He always yeah. comes out. You need to get that shit out. <laughs> yeah, you need to get that shit out. He's straight up, He's straight yeah. up. I love it. I love it. Yeah. But so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in logic. I'm just playing around. Yep. That's cool. That's cool. What records were you listening to growing up? Holy crap. James Brown. Yeah. That's nice. what I used to listen to. James Brown, Quincy Jones, you know, Fatback Band, you know, Gap Band, you know, Isley yeah. Brothers. Nice. That's my world. Nice. Yeah. That's my world. Yeah. Steve? That that kind of started my world. And then I, I really got into like the early electro stuff um like the warren akins and then it, it sort of grew into like run dmc and then the whole hip-hop thing and and it's yeah. then it, it was kind of started like with sort of like 808s and simps with rap over them like captain rock and records like that al nafish and and yeah. then getting going into hip-hop and I, I was just obsessed with all that music and i you know so much so i i used to practice the scratch mixing stuff in my bedroom for hours entered them DMC competitions when I was about 14 years old and mm -hmm. you know and then cool. got hold of a sampler when I was about 15 and thought actually this is like having 18 pairs of hands and <laughs> I can actually make a living out of this as well so yeah nice so really the early electro stuff that really got me yeah nice, nice. still sounds so good <laughs> it does it really does breath of fresh air it, yeah, it must be it must be on its loop round soon as well like it's it's been a few years it's been it must has it got to 20 years yet is it is it is it back for its loop of electro yet? past 20 years yeah it must yeah, it was, big it, time it, it, must be on its 40, it, it might be 40 oh it's 82 that means it's 40 year loop oh it could be back then next yeah. soon 40 yeah. years Shit. 40 year loop. <laughs> um, another one. Uh, even though Tolly's a great DJ producer, his voice fits house music so well. How does he feel about his voice being sampled? Has that ever happened? I'm the greatest voice ever. I love my voice. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta love it. It just fits right in with every record. I'm singing love songs now. It's great. Amazing. If anyone samples him off this stream, it'll be amazing. Well, find a find <laughs> a 
They they will. They will. I mean, they will. Trust me, they will. There'll be a, there'll be a challenge soon. Someone will find oh, yeah. something. I'll hijack on, but that, that would definitely flatten my battery. <laughs> <laughs> Are you two collaborating on anything new? New to new something new, perhaps. Definitely. Yeah, we are, Steve, right? Steve, tell them yes. Say yes, Steve. Say yes. Yeah, we're going to do something. <laughs> yeah. We're going to do something. Well, tomorrow. Be ready by tomorrow. I'm ready. Great. All right. <laughs> You're going <laughs> disco easy. big, Steve. Yeah, yeah. We're going to get a disco loop in. Yeah, we I'm, got an idea. I'm, we got an idea. I'm still a sucker for a disco loop. I've, I've, got, I've got a few of those up, up my sleeve. I got one for you, Steve. I got one. Have you? I got one. Brilliant. Once, once we get off here, fire it over. I'll work it. Uh, Sending you a loop. Classic, classic. I've got, oh, I've got a set of record of Steve's that's got a disco loop in it, and that, that needs to be released. Mm. I keep playing it in my disco sets. He knows which one. It- that is actually going to come out. Woohoo! Yeah. When did I give you that? Six years ago? Is it? Holy moly! A long time ago. Yeah. I, I remember you played it to you played it to us, and I was like, "Can I have it?" And you were like, "Yeah, all right. Yeah, all right." <laughs> it's a it's a beast of a track that track it's do you know it's sometimes i i'll, I'll sit on a record for 10 years i sat one when we, we did that rhythm masters record on eats everything stable the feel your love i actually mm. made that 10 years before it came out <laughs> no way Shit. yeah 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 yeah, it, yeah. kind of like it had a boogie sample in it and it and what was going on at the time, it, it, it just didn't work because it was all that sort of EDM nonsense and electro stuff, electro house mm. stuff. And it was just a bit, it wouldn't work. And then it was the, the timing was just much more, it was the right time for it. So that's when I put mm. it out. And maybe it's the same with this one, but I actually sort of loaded that back up just before Christmas and, and tweaked it a bit and it's sounding great. Yeah. Nice. I'm sorry, guys, my no phone way. is going to die. <laughs> Okay, we may lose you. Two phones to do this. Um, do we need? Do we any more questions for Todd? Get them in quick before his phone dies. Quick, yeah, quick, quick, because this thing is about to blow up. Um, what? Oh, here's a good one. What do you like to do in your downtime, Todd? Outside of making records, do you have? Do you have? Obviously, when your hobby, music becomes your hobby, is your hobby, and it becomes your life. Do you have? A, do you have kind of stuff you do outside of music that you like doing? Um. Uh. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm into cars and stuff like that. I guess. Nice. I got my, you know, 1970 Mustang, you know, taking care of that. It's like taking care of a girl. So it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of work. How important is it to keep to a niche sound when you're trying to break through or does it matter these days? And can you just go all over? <clears throat> hmm. I don't, you know, I think we we've done all types of music, you know, we, we stick to it is, you know, mm-hmm. we stick to it as much as we could with our beats. You know, that's the niche sound is having a beat you can dance to and bob your head and, you know, and hold your drink and feel cool. You know, it's, uh, that's my <laughs> niche sound. I, I'm always seeing me and my boys and chilling like, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, that's, that's my vibe. So that's my niche. It's a niche mood more than a niche yep. sound. That's very cool. Okay, uh, I'm going to, we'll finish for you because your battery is literally about to die and then I'll see if I can keep Steve in for a bit. You just did a record with River Star. I thought I'd play that one to leave you out um, on Hot Creations. Can you tell us about that record before I play it? Yeah, I mean, the River Star record, it was just like one of those strange ones. It was just a track, but it just, everybody liked it. 
you know, it's nothing you can do about it. Like it just keeps on moving and grooving and it's very housey and everything like that. It, I mean, it's great. It's just one of those little things, you know, sometimes it's just a little thing that people like a, a baseline or percussion. They just find these little things and they grooving with it. Like I said, that's the holding the drink and having a good time. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that's the vibe, day, the vibe of the day in the life stabs, wasn't it? Day in the life adding that. Is it, oh, is it is, I think his battery's died. Look, I think <laughs> no. it has. I think he has. I think his battery's just died. Uh, Frozen Todd, Freeze Records. There you go. There it is. There you go. Thank you, Todd, for joining us. Let me get... Okay. Uh, we'll, I'll play his record and we'll carry on, Steve. Okay, mate. Okay, there we go. Let's get back in. I'm conscious your battery now as well. The ba- the battery stream. It's always a way. Whenever I've got streams prepared to the absolute T, there's always a technical thing. Like, <laughs> like the questions were written. I knew what I was doing. I had all the music. And there's always a technical. I'm better off just yeah. rocking up and, and then I know that's not going to be a technical issue. Yeah, I, so I, the thing, I leave my charger at home because I can't be bothered to carry the weight of it uh, when I come to the mm. studio every day. And so I usually put my laptop on charge when I get home in the evening. I forgot that. <laughs> I was like, oh no. So Okay, so you've just launched a new record label called Jack Said yeah. What. Uh, yes. You had an album, you had put Serge Santiago's album out, which was 11 and 11 on the 11th of November. Yes. Uh, tell me about the label. Tell me about the kind of vision for it. You'd mentioned you're working with Carl Loban, who's actually here next Wednesday. He's here next Wednesday chatting to me as well. So that's going to be fun. Yes. Um, well, the, I think the, the reason we originally started the label was I've been working with Irv, Irving on some projects. Uh, we needed we needed a platform to put them out. I had I was sitting on a load of music. The project I was doing with Irving, uh, Carl's been managing. So it, it was kind of like, um, so I think it was the summer of uh, nine, uh, 21. I'm going, right, well, what, should we just, let's start a label and so we put this stuff out. And then, you know, then we were like thinking, well, you know, we, we'd like to, you know, get some get some good artists on there as well, not mm-hmm. not just being about our own music. And I, it was like with Serge. I, Serge. Serge is one of my drinking buddies anyway. He, he literally lives five-minute walk around the corner from my house. <laughs> yeah, Amazing. Just, and so yeah yeah i bumped into him uh one friday night it was just a it was just a rat random and he, he was out with his missus and uh, his missus mom and we we yeah. in um, and he went he went oh he goes i've, I've, I've done this album he goes uh, goes if i give you a copy would, would you have a listen and i said yeah, well yeah of course i will i said well i'll do one better because I, it was a friday night i said look i'll i'll, I'll pop to the studio tomorrow morning and listen to it properly 
So I did. I got, got up the next morning on Saturday, and I, I came down here and I, I listened to it. And I was like, "Wow, this is this is brilliant." So I was meeting them again later on that afternoon, and because um, it was Jack's, which is Serge's missus, it was her mum's 80th birthday, and there's this like this local old school boozer near where we live, and we were all in there, and we were drinking quite a lot of tequila and stuff. So I went <laughs> right pissed. I went right. Um, um, I sent your album to Carl this morning. We had a list and we wanted to sign it. And it was like, yeah, okay then. So that was it. And, um, you know, and we, you know, we've released, I think he's got his fourth single coming up now. We've, we've put his album out. Um, he's delivered, he's delivered his second album as well. He's been working, yeah. He's been working really hard. It's really, really good stuff. And it, so it sort of makes the, the sort of, stuff that you know it's, it's quite similar to mine we've got a similar sort of taste in in music so it was just a perfect fit for the label and like with him being a good mate as well it was you know mm. it's just a, it was just a natural thing and you know we're, we're actually going to um be doing some stuff together as well um mm. down the line you know but a, a few collaboration tracks Serge's Serge has got such a like mad history with dance music. Like he was retrograde, and then he was Ways and Odyssey, and before that he was just under his own name, and now he's releasing under Sir, again his own yeah. name again. He used um, to be part of Slave as well. Yeah. Who? Radio Slave. He used to be part of that. Part of Radio Slave. He was, yeah, he was part of Radio Slave. So he was part of Radio yeah. Slave. Then he was part. Of, then he went to be retrograde with Tom Neville, and then he went to Ways and Odyssey with Firaz, and now he's back under his own name of Serge Santiago. He's got. Yeah. A mad, mad history of music. Uh, he's yeah. such an Italian producer. <laughs> yeah. Huh? He's been around the block yeah. a bit. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then and then coming up, you're going to release your own album. We finally yes. have an album. Or we have another album. Do we have, we've had albums before? Uh, yeah. I, it's, um, yeah, it's, um, it's an Acid House album. Nice. Uh, yeah. So basically, I, I made it um, with just like... 808s, 909s, 303s, uh, active boxes. Uh, and I worked with a lot of, um, with a lot, a lot of my friends, like the, some of the originators of this music, like Marshall Jefferson and Robert Owens, uh, Sleazy D, God rest his soul, um, E-Race, um, they, they've all collaborated on the album. Yeah. Again, do they uh, come to, they come to you? Do they, like, are these people coming to, are they coming into the bunker? Like, well, it was it was kind of yeah. With with Marshall, me and Marshall were working on the, a Sleazy D album, and mm. so while Marshall was here, I said, "Oh, will you, will you vocal this record for me for my album?" It's like, sure. And you know, me and Marshall become you know really good friends, and you know, I've done done a few mixes for him for his staff and and so on. We've we've actually uh, signed a record from him as well under his on the house moniker that he's done with Curtis McLean called City Life, which is coming out. Um, I think March or April. Yeah. So it is, and like with Robert, um, Robert came, came down cause it was me, him and Danny Ramplin were doing a track together and, and Danny was late. So and me and Robert were here. I said, and I, I, I played him a couple of instrumentals I had and, and Robert pulled out his black book. He went, he went, Oh, I've got, I've got some vocals for this one that really will really work. And he just started singing. I, was, I went, Oh man, that's amazing. So, so we just re recorded, um, <laughs> these other tracks while, while he was here. And, um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's actually my next release is coming. It's a Robert Owens record. Um, it's a bit of a sort of a piano house acid record coming out, actually comes out two weeks today. 
which is nice. the next next single from the album because I did put out one sort of last summer around summer Jack said what which was the name of the label came yes. from that record and yeah the album drops there's, there'll be one more single after that then the album drops at uh, the end of April mm. um, we're going to do a stomper funk party for it uh, for an album launch um, I think was it? it's going to be the Easter Friday which is the 7th of April I think so mm-hmm. what, we're, what we're going to do is put the pre-order up that day and mm-hmm. maybe do it exclusive with one of the uh, sites mm-hmm. so you get it first and yeah so yeah yeah it's um you know That's i cool. mean putting out i mean it's, it's quite mad putting out um dance music albums these days because it's you know everything's single 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 uh, uh, you know and the the attention span of people is is very short these days and it's just about getting the next record out and the next one the next one it's you know it's, it's non-stop really but i mean fuck it why not just, just put it out <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay let's play a record let's play Jack said what then let's play this Go! I'm, quite, I'm still conscious of your battery, but let's get another rave on. Um, bangers, mate. This is really sounding good. I can't wait to hear this album. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm happy with it. Yeah. One, um, one thing I was going to ask you is about. I know lots of our producers in the chat um, always struggle with their mix and their master, and you are the absolute don when it comes to mixing and mastering records. So I thought I'd ask you some tips for getting their mix right. How can they do it? What do you do? How can you help? How can they, what can you, have you got any advice? Yeah. Um, get, get professional to mix them. It's actually, it's one of the hardest things to um, achieve, to get right. Because the basic thing of it is really, is uh, sound levels. Um, if you get your balance of, of the sounds in the mix right, that is basically half the battle. Uh, mm-hmm. maybe actually even more, 70% of the battle. It's just uh, everything sitting right. But to to be able to do that, you need to hear, be able to hear what you're doing. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, you know, I've, I've spent years going uh, through so many different types of speakers, um, different room designs, um, soundproofing, um, headphones, and all, all kinds of things, and different equipment, different compressors, equalizers, 
uh, even down to sound uh, like the controllers. It's just it's it's a minefield. Um, it's it's not it's not an easy thing to uh, do. Hmm. I mean, it's, it's why it's why you know um, you look at sort of um, like bands um, hmm. when they go in to record. You know, you've got um, you've got sound engineers that um, mic up all the amplifiers. You get you know you've got a producer sitting there. You get someone else to to mix the record. And you know, it's a, it's a big production to to get them records to sound like that and end up being huge hits. You need there's a lot of people working on them records and. That's the difference, you know. Cause you've got all these uh, different people doing different things, and you're not. And in in the in the kind of dance world, or or even like a producer now, it's sort of like everyone looks on the producers like, oh, you've got to be able to play play instruments. You've got to be able to mm. program. You've got to be able to mix down. Um, you've got to be able to do bloody everything now. And mm. you know, it's it's not really the way. You know, mm. if I mean, if you I would say I would, you know, it's like if you can get help, I'd, I'd get it. I mean, it's like, it's like things like um, a home mastering. I mean, I've got the the studio I, I've got here. Um, I, I use a lot of um, analog equipment. I still master to tape, and you know, all, all I've got. I use a lot. I use summing mixers. I've got um, you know, lots of different compressors, and you know, all the drums go through different stuff. The vocals go through different compressors, and all kinds of stuff. And, um, but I still use a mastering engineer. I can master it myself, mm. but I, I like, I like the fact of sending the record off to a mastering engineer, um, because it, it's more finished then. It, it means, it also means you can't go back and start tweaking it and going, Oh, but if you know that, um, cowbell was half a DB lower, it'd sound better. Cause it fucking won't. And, <laughs> Actually, you know, you can actually drive yourself mad with this stuff, and and so I've I've built a, a really good relationship with a mastering engineer, and I just get I get my mixes to a point, and I do I still master them myself in here, but then mm. I send them to a professional mastering engineer, and he always gets it about five percent better than I would, because mastering mastering rooms are completely different to recording studios. They're mm. different design. The uh, soundproofing, um, the actual uh, monitoring system is 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 set up completely different mm. to, to a monitoring system for making records. So, you know, That's so I think it's you know it's still key to um, getting these getting these things done right. Which I know it's it's been a, I think it's been a real struggle over the years because you know the sort of all, all the money got sucked out of music really you know i think when you know sort of the end of the 90s and the whole napster thing started and then it was all the illegal downloading and then now it's sort of moved to streaming and it's still quite difficult to make a living out of streaming but some people are doing better than they was now and there is money in it again but mm. it's still difficult so 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 what happens to that is the music suffers it's like well you know i can't really afford to get my uh uh, record mix properly or well, I can't afford to get it mastered so I'm going to do it all myself mm. um, this is what it's become and I think you know um, the ones that the ones that stand out are the ones that have been done properly and you've got a much much better chance of getting anywhere with getting getting your stuff getting it done right I'm, mm. I'm a really strong believer in that Skeleton Keys asks, does he does Steve have any tips on groove quantize? Does he have a go-to setting on logic or a sequencer? Uh, I use uh I use the sequencers. Um 
I use the the the, the SP twelve hundred. I I use a hell of a lot. Um, and the Akai uh, MPC I use for uh, sequencing drums. I don't I don't really sequence my uh, drums like in Logic or 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 Ableton. I've I've just found I I can't get the sort of um, swing and groove that I, I want out of them machines. So I, I, I like to use, um, I like to use the drum machines, but yeah, I mean, for in, in the box one, the, the Akai, the Akai MPC software is, is, is bloody amazing. I, I've been using that. I actually got one of the prototype machines when they brought it to the country uh, about seven, seven, eight years ago. Uh, yeah, I, st- I still use that. Um, it's really, really good. Um, Which MPC is Steve rocking? Harvest, Harvest asks. Um, I've got, um, I've I've been through quite a few of them. The first I had the MPC Renaissance, um, which, uh, and the MPC Studio, the small one. Then I got an MPC Touch, which packed up. Now I'm using M1 computer. None of them old ones work. So I've just bought the small MPC Studio, but it's, it's got a very tiny screen on it and I kind of miss the screen a bit. But I've also mm-hmm. got an, an MPC 3000 here, which I've just had a, a brand new screen put on it and a um, like a, a card reader drive, a mm. scuzzy card reader drive, and got an MPC 2000 XL in the corner mm. as well. So still, yeah, I still like the sampling hardware ones too. But if my go-to in the box one is is the Akai Studio. Mm. Yeah, Harvest says the 2000 XL was the first MPC he used, and the SIC. Well, that takes that takes skeleton keys back. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, Steve, I was, t- I, was, I was telling you, I speak. I, I wanna, can we play an old record now? Uh, I was telling you before. Oh my god, I was dig- I was dig- I was digging back into records that you've put out in the past. Oh my god, and I I remember I found a record that and I'll, I'll tell everyone what happened. Basically, I remember the second, probably the second time we ever hang out at Turnmills, and you brought a record down to the. You literally finished it that afternoon, yeah, and we yeah. sat in the old, we sat in that pink room upstairs, and you we, before your set, and we I think we played it four times in a row before the, before your set because we apps because you were but you were pumped because it was a a massive record, yeah, and yeah. and and I was like fuck play it again play it again because I was really young back then I was like play it again play it again, and then yeah. and then. And then we you DJed and we I was like in the in the booth and I was like we were like play it again and I think you played it three times in one set <laughs> which was hilarious yeah and then I was like can I have the CD and I've still got the CD and you were like yeah here I'd have the CD took wow. the CD and just gave it to, gave it to me it still I think I've still got it somewhere I've still got it somewhere I haven't got a CD player but I've got the CD somewhere and, I th- wow. and, and as I've got you on I thought. We, can I play that record because I absolutely love it still and I heard it this morning and it brought so such fond memories back. Nearly twenty um, years. Yeah, it is. It is. I, think, 20... I think one is. Yeah, the big it's, track. It's called. Yeah, it's called that big track, and it's fucking epic. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, should I play it? Yeah, it's quite a statement to call something the big track, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It was. It was. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> I'm gonna play it. Ready? Here we go. Yeah. Yeah.
I flipping love that track. Sarah, Sarah in the chat I used to play this up for six months solid. Ah, Skelinkies. I'm interested to know where Steve gets his musical knowledge from. Did he learn pianos or play in bands? No, no. I'm I'm a, I'm more of a DJ really. So I, I actually got a keyboard player in to play that one. Yeah. Uh, I've learned quite a lot over the years, but I'm not I'm not um, I'm not a, a great uh, p- a piano player. Do you know what I mean? I can play play enough to get the chords, melodies, ideas mm. and stuff. But yeah. But I, I suppose the musical knowledge comes with just spending your whole life uh, doing it, really. <laughs> you know, 30, 39 years I've been into it now. Jesus Christ. Four yeah. year party next year. Holy crap. Started at 11 years old. Yeah. I'll ask the same question to you. How do you spend your downtime when you're not making music? Do you have any hobbies? Do you have any kind of stuff that's non-music that kind of keeps your mindset healthy and yourself healthy? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, um, I've got, I've got a pretty good social life. I've got, I've got a good bunch of friends down here and, you know, um, do a bit, bit of traveling as well. But yeah, as, as far as I could do with another hobby, really, but I don't really have one. It's it's kind of like um, the sort of music thing. It's just such a full time sort of. Um, it it just takes my mind full time. It's, mm. it's 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 mental. It's hard to explain. Um, can't imagine doing anything else. It's a, it's it takes over your life, you know. <laughs> How do you organise your working hours? Do you take breaks? Do you put finishing deadlines on finishing music? That's a good question. Uh, I'd, I've uh, changed my uh, work ethic now. So I I usually get up around um, 6, 6.30 in the morning. Um, mm-hmm. I come in. I just get up and go. So most mornings I'm in, I'm in work by 7, 7.30. I work to about... Five, six, seven o'clock depends on how busy I am. I try to take the weekends off, but I do end up coming in quite a lot of Saturdays be- just because I've got so much on. But I've I've I sort of separated. Um, I don't have a, a setup at home anymore. Um, mm. I have have a laptop. But I don't do much music on it. I might sketch some ideas here and there, but I I, I think with um with what's what I've got my schedule this year, I might I might have to just put like a a computer and a couple of speakers at home. It's, it's kind of, it's there. It's just not set up at the moment. And I've tried just to try and keep it separate to have sort of downtime from it. But you know, sometimes you just got to go 24 <laughs> <laughs> seven. I know what you mean. I do know what you mean. What, uh, so the, so the album's dropping. When did you, when's the album fully dropping? Is that the, uh, full, is that the full schedule? Basically you're going to be singles albums. Is that your kind of year mapped out with that and singles and, have you got anything else coming up that's cool? Yeah, I've got um I've done I've done a collaboration uh with uh Cutler Rock. You know, he, he's obviously, you know, um uh, uh old Brighton crew as well from Science Skin Records. And we yeah. sort of connected last year and we've we've done we've done a couple of sort of um like di- disco-y sample things together. Um they've they've finished and mastered and ready to go, which is nice. Like, Trying to work out what we're going to call ourselves, so we're at that stage. So, yeah, there's been some collaborations with him. We've done quite a few records. They're, they're sounding really, really good. Yeah, then there's a few others. I've done some with uh, John Carter as well. Yeah, uh, I just we just pre- we just premiered that record. Uh, it's just going yeah. out. Jack said what? 
And John, so John's back on the scene, which is which is absolutely yeah. epic. I flipping yeah, love John Carter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's 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 back in, in in full swing as well. He's you know he's you know his uh, spare room at home has has got wires all around it and synthesizer, guitar pedals, and yeah, he's fully fully back in the game. Yeah, after a long break. Yeah, I'll play that record in a minute. Um, you yeah. also doing something with Chad Jackson? Tell me about that. Tell me about this. Yeah. Well, uh, Chad's a, another another really good friend of mine, and you know, Chad, Chad's sort of been been popping down to the studio quite a lot over the last few years, and we've we've done a we've done a few records together. But um, this 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 particular one, um, we sort of took his because uh, uh, he had a hit record back in the was it the nineties? We've called uh, "Hear the Drummer," yeah, and it it went. I think Get it hit the UK to about not, not, it got to about number three I think so mm. we, we've done a, a sort of a different type of version of it we it's kind of it's called Get Wicked Again so we've changed the name of it and it's, it's used some of the samples that are originally used but it's a bit more of a sort of like a funk a disco funk kind of thing we've done on it um, it sounds really really cool R- yeah really happy with it um, and you know it's, it's it's a bit different it's, it's just it's keeping the sort of the, the musicality that I've been doing at the moment just switching it up and doing all different types of stuff not not just like um, you know the sort of tech house fodder do you know what I mean yes it's, it's, I guess like, like we said about earlier I guess that keeps it interesting for you when you're this deep into it it's, it's about kind of you've got you've got scope to reach to kind of go across multiple genres because it's essentially for you, it's all house music. Yeah, exactly. And it's not that I'm, you know, cause I, the tech house stuff, I, I, I like some of that as well. It's, you know, there's some really good stuff out there, but it's just like, just not all the time. It's, it's just keep it, keep it interesting. S- some records are, you know, I love, I love techno records, um, you know, just dark and drum some of it. And then some, I like really musical records as well. So just having the, the, uh, the best of all worlds really. That's cool. Being able um, to make Lars, Lars, my assistant has actually just bootlegged that cut, uh, that drummer record as well. So he's gonna he's gonna send you that. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. He, he's literally he's literally just bootlegged it, which is which is strange <laughs> because we saw the list this morning. He's like, shit, I've just bootlegged that track, and he's now gonna put it out to Richard. Yeah, can you, can you send it to me? Yeah, yeah, I'll send it to you. Yeah, yeah. Does Steve any have any go to software that he's impressed in recently? I I really only use like a handf- handful of plugins. Um, I don't use that many. Um, I think I think the one that really really good. It was a compressor by um, it's a George Masson compressor. It's, it's quite an expensive one. It's about four hundred dollars, which is a lot a lot of money for a plugin. But it sounds really really good. You know, um, uh, it's probably you know that was probably the closest I've heard to actually sounding like sort of like a, a real hardware unit and um so yeah that the data came across um i think it was just before christmas it, it come out uh, about november time something like that and i've, I've been using that a lot it's, but i'd sort of use that and i, I use one equalizer which is like the massenberg one um a, a widener plugin a couple of limiters and that's about it, it literally is a hand, handful of plugins um I've sort of learned over the years, like putting too much stuff on on sounds that actually destroys them. It's mm. too much processing. Um, you don't, you don't, you don't need it all. You really don't. You, do, you need to be careful with um, the, the sort of audio you've got there because you can end up uh, doing it more damage than good by using tons of plugins that don't need to be on there. 
Uh, it's over-processed. Cairo FX, how do you decide when a record is finished? That's a good one, Steve. You kind of, you kind of just know. Um, I, it's like um, there's some that that can take a long time. Like I, this, this remix I've just done for um, it was a Marshall Jefferson track, uh, the City Life thing that we're putting out. I was, you know, it's over a couple of days, and I was like all the little bits and levels because um, it was a vocal record. A bit, it's, it's more of a musical record, and I was like, "Gosh, shit! So why is this not finished yet?" And you know. And it goes into the next day, and then suddenly you just do something. You go, it's done. You just know, because then I think what it is where you listen to it, you go, there might be like a certain part in the, in the record where the vocal you can't hear that word, and it gets to that much detail. And I think especially with um, sort of vocal records, it is a bit like that. So you you have to kind of listen to it quite a bit to get it to get the balance of everything sitting well together. And yeah, mm. that. That one was just like bloody hell. Will it? Will this ever end? And then I'll get <laughs> other one that instantly you mix and go, yeah, that well, that's it, done. Two hours, it finished. It really depends on what what the, what the material is, but yeah, that's usually cool. songs are, are, are longer. Yeah. What's Steve's process of finding wicked disco samples that were so crucial from the River Masters days? Back in the days. What we used to do, I mean, we went in, there was, there was this second-hand record shop in Brighton. <laughs> and, we went there, and we went in there and we went, he had this like wall of like old disco records and that. And we just went to him and go, how much do you want for all of it? And he was like, what? Okay, like, we want to buy all the records. And he was like, oh, I don't know, 500 quid? Like, brilliant, dumb. And we just take, take the whole lot. <laughs> And to sit there with a turntable, uh, listening, listening to stuff, and um, having a sampler connected, and any interesting bits along the way where you're listening, you sample them as you go along as well, and just keep mm. keep it up. And then, you know, maybe then after a few days, just make a few records, see what happens. Um, it's sort of, sort of like building the sample collection up. I mean, this this day and age, it's, it's a lot easier because everything's online now. So, mm. you know. Um, but it's still um, still fun. I mean, I've done I've done this other album project as well with a, with a friend of mine. Um, that's it's another project that's finished. It's a bit more sort of like Indian breakbeat, and we we did a lot of um, sampling on that. But it was more we were sampling like um, weird like film score records. And it's my friend who I done it with, Danny G. He was basically going record shopping all the time and buying these really weird obscure uh, soundtracks. And he'd bring them and we'd just sit there with the turntable and I'd just sort of go, oh, God, that's a really nice string sound and and getting all these bits and then throw, throwing them into a sampler and, and just moving them all around. And, yeah, that, that was a project we'd done quite recently. So, yeah, the, the, you know, the, the turntable still comes into effect. <laughs> nice. Then, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a bit, it's a bit more fun as well, you know. I bet. Yeah. Sounds amazing. Do you ever get to the point where you where you go? I'm sick of hearing this track over and over and over and over and over and over. Every fucking day. <laughs> <laughs> it's do you know what? Um, sometimes with especially when we get these ones that take. I was saying a bit. They take a little bit longer. Mm. It's just like oh god, and you know you come in for the next day and you're like oh this fucking record again, and it's sort it's sort you start hearing it and it, it you start hearing it. It's like this like um 
sort of cheese, cheesy, annoying thing. Things that you didn't notice about the record before. And then it starts to really piss you off. Then when it's finished, you get it mastered, check it, leave it. Um, then listen to it about a month later and you go, oh, yeah, this is, this is great. You know, this is the, the reason I made the record. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it, it, can, it can, you know, imagine just hearing it thousands of times over and over. Mm. It could, it, it's enough to drive you mad. You, you need a lot of patience doing this job as well. What are your favourite bass synthesizers? Oh, there's a good whistle game. Um, Mini Moog. Mini Moog is, is a, a brilliant bass synthesizer. Um, of course, the, the 303, where it's acid box, but obviously it's, it's got a really nice bass sound to it as well. Um, what else? Um, we talked what, about Acid House a bit earlier, and you obviously got this Acid House album coming up. When did you get your first 303? And when did you kind of fall in love with a 303? Oh, God, I got my first one. I think theme's quite late on. I think it was about uh, 99 I got it. Mm-hmm. The first one, yeah, and sort of looked at it and <laughs> how does this work? You know, <laughs> uh, so yeah, it was. It was. I mean, we used to use it then. It was. It was very trial and error as well. We'd just sit there and you know, um, working, trying to work out how to work the bloody thing. I mean, it's it's a lot easier now. You you've got you've got um, like YouTube. You can just jump on the internet and go right. How does? Because <laughs> you know, I still buy machines like now and go right this uh how does it work and then you just go on youtube and someone will find something um <laughs> a bit like patching like modular synths as well is just go on youtube and watch people do it you go, oh yeah that's a good idea and you start to <laughs> you start learning um tricks that you put into your own tricks and you know it's it's it's, it's all out there now to to learn much easier I wonder how many times Steve's had a 909 kick drum. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Probably more times than people have had hot dinners. Who's the youngest in here? Who's the youngest in the chat? Probably more times than the youngest person in the chat's had hot dinners. Yeah, probably. And <laughs> it's still, um, and it's still, I have one in the corner over here and I still use it all the time. Uh, what? I was talking to someone the other day about this. It was going, don't you think it's weird? Like the 808 and 909 drum machine have been used constantly for what 40 years and they've been on countless amounts of records. How come it, they still work? It doesn't get boring. Do you know what I mean? It's crazy. That that was, that was my answer. (laughs) It's, it's, It's insane. And, you know, I, I always find I, I go to it, and the, the, the kick drum is always different because you, you can tune them, and and it, it you can actually get it to fit the record that you're making, and mm. it's just a, a very handy machine to have. I mean, they're, they're just so expensive now. All all this stuff is it's gone gone through the roof. Do you layer your kick drums? I do. Yeah. Um. Sometimes, yeah, two to three kick drums. Cool. Yeah. Don't fix what's not broke. What's don't fix what's what's not broken with the with the eight oh eight and nine oh nine. Agreed. Yeah, yeah, totally. What uh, what's the best record you've ever worked on? Oh wow! Oh shit! Oh god! <laughs> um, uh, uh, I don't know. Um, that's a really difficult question. Um, I've been lucky to work on some great records. Fuck! I, I don't know. That's, that's a really that's thrown me that one. <laughs> I can't. I don't know. I can't really answer that. I mean, 
Jumping. Yeah. Oh, got out of that one. There you go. We'll start. We'll go back to the start. That record's so big. Wicked. Uh, well, we're there. Look, five two. Perfect. Steve Max, right. thank you so much for joining me, and thank Down you to Todd who joined us earlier. Two percent. We did it. Yeah. I've had the contrast on the lowest setting as well, so I can still see <laughs> now. But. You can just you can hear me. That's all that matters. I can see you still, but it's all just right, very. Cool. But it worked. We got there. Thank um, you so much for joining me, mate. It's it's, it's so good. For, thank you for your time. Yeah, it's it's been really nice, and you know, good to see Todd as well. And yeah, um, I'll, I'll be on him later for that um disco sample thing. Yeah, hundred percent. And if you know, if we do something with it, I'll I'll fire it over your way. One hundred percent. I want to. If there's a new version of Ango, let me let me send a send send. I will, mate. I will. I promise. And um, <laughs> one of the questions someone asked is: Are you signing records? For Jack said what? Yes, all the time. Always looking. Okay. Yeah. Always looking. Uh, and I'll I see. Think, you, I'll see. I'll you. The website in the link somewhere. I'll we have. We out. have. They'll be. Put, we'll be putting them in there. Yeah, just just put the website up. There should be an email in there. You can cool. fire your over, but we're, we're on the look all the time. You know, amazing, brilliant. We'll have to get you back on a demo stream on a Monday because we there's so much good quality in our Discord now. It's absolutely amazing. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah. And we li- and we literally listen to demos every Monday, so we'll have to get you back for an A and R session on a Monday. Sounds good. I'd love to do it. Yeah, wicked. Okay, mate. Steve, Steve Mack, thank you so much for joining me, and I'll see you in Brighton probably at BMC, if not sooner. Yeah. Thank you so much, dude. All right, mate. Take care. See you soon. See you soon, mate. Bye.